0: To Be a Yogi, episode 14, in which I interview Daria Orion. But first, I wanted to make a few announcements. Those who don't know me, who are just tuning in for this episode, I am Edward Reeb. I am a yoga instructor here in the greater Los Angeles area, and I am now on. Mind Body Online. So if you go to the Play Store or wherever you get your apps and download Mind Body Online, you can find me there. Just search for Edward Reeb. That's R E I B. And finally, I am no longer teaching the 1 p.m. Wednesday class at Sunset Boulevard Crunch due to apparently budget cuts and. Uh, it's Popular enough. So if you are hearing my voice because you tuned in, because you're one of my students at Crunch Fitness, either in Burbank or Hollywood, and you would like to see me back on the schedule, um, do mention to the people up in front that you would like to see me back on the schedule. I, I am still teaching the Friday 5 p.m. class at Crunch Fitness. Our guest tonight is also a private yoga instructor in the greater Los Angeles area. And so, without further ado, let's get to the interview, shall we?
1: Hi, Edward.
0: Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank
1: you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Welcome to the To Be A Yogi podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So, you're a private instructor?
1: Uh, Yes, I am.
0: In the Hollywood area?
1: Uh, yes, in Hollywood area and actually Los Angeles area as well. Okay, cool.
0: How long have you been teaching?
1: I've been teaching um, around one uh, and half years. Okay, not that long time, but uh, I've been practicing for a while.
0: Yeah, that's about the same amount as me. I um, started in April of 2014. I got my uh, official yoga teacher.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes approximately the same time
0: yeah. yeah so if you don't mind my asking i like to ask people about the meaning of their names
1: oh yeah that's a wonderful question um my name is actually persian name and darya means uh, ocean or lake in okay. persian language
0: nice so is that that's not farsi but the older language
1: um I'm not sure because I'm not uh, <laughs> uh. I, I'm not from uh, that places right. I'm Ukrainian. Okay. and uh, this name is very popular in Russia and Ukraine but it comes from Persian language.
0: And your last name is Orion?
1: Uh yes. Yes.
0: Like the constellation? It's,
1: uh like like the star? Yeah, like Orion Orion belt.
0: Uh, you know, I'm I'm not that familiar with the actual myth that the constellation is named after. Now that I think about it,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what
0: Orion did. I mean, apparently he was hunting. I think he had a dog next to him.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a lot to <laughs> learn about it. It's actually a huge, huge topic of conversation. I'm still, um, I'm still uh, getting more information for myself because I'm very interested. The interested in all these astral- astrological uh, meanings. Mm-hmm. I, uh,
0: I saw somebody had pointed out that the Rider weight full card is an exact mirror image of Orion. Hmm. So that's interesting. And then Canis uh, the dog is right there. So I uh, Canis Major is it, I think. So that's, that's interesting.
1: To think about Yes, it is.
0: How did you first get interested in yoga?
1: Uh, Well, uh, first I got interested in yoga a few years ago, uh, actually uh, through my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized that it's so much important um, for me to... Uh, practice yoga instead of just uh, going to gym because mm-hmm. uh, um in yoga i can uh find the uh, uh balancing of um, my mind and body everything all together and my uh thoughts and uh, some breathing uh techniques uh, so I found it's very, very useful uh, in my life uh, and start practicing.
0: Nice. Did you have a particular teacher that uh, was particularly in- inspirational?
1: Um, I had uh, many teachers. Uh, most of them are just local teachers in my area, uh, Studio City, Sherman Oaks, um, just because <laughs> I choose uh, some uh, <laughs> Uh, local yoga schools because it's very convenient obviously Mm -hmm. and uh, just practicing uh, in this area and yes i absolutely love many yoga teachers i cannot uh, point uh, in uh, one or two specific uh, persons so uh, i i prefer um look at every person like uh, a teacher because it's definitely uh something to learn about um something to learn from each person yeah. something unique
0: yeah that makes sense so what was the, it was is it called black dog yoga
1: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> how you know from, from, your <laughs> from facebook yeah, page? i saw your page <laughs> yeah that's right that's right so that's uh, where that's, you were certified uh, yes uh, yes exactly it's where i got my uh teacher certification yeah that's right
0: so let's see uh, is there like a a form of yoga that they is it, uh, what do they what do they call it? Just hatha vinyasa or
1: so, yeah, it's just hatha vinyasa yoga, uh, and uh, there is uh, not like some specific um, other uh, yoga like uh, Bikram yoga. Or, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see. So you said your mom introduced it to you.
1: Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. My mom is my uh, main teacher in my life. I think I probably need lifetime, a few lifetimes, to get at her level. Most of stuff coming from her, and uh, all my esoterical, mystical studies. Yeah, I learn a lot.
0: Nice. Now, <laughs> is she is she here or is she in Ukraine?
1: Uh, she lives in Ukraine. I haven't seen her for a while. She's famous astrologist. Oh, cool! Yeah.
0: So, is that that? Is there a lot of yoga and and New Age things in Ukraine?
1: Oh, that's a lot. Absolutely, a lot. Um, it's very common in Ukraine and Russia and all other countries around. Uh, probably, it's like the same, like in LA. You each almost on each corner. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just saw Daka Braka when they were in town. Do you know that band?
1: Uh, no, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I'll,
0: I'll have to send you a link. They're from Ukraine also.
1: Oh, yeah, They're please. They're
0: really good. Nice. So uh, have you read through the Yoga Sutras?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were studying it really deeply uh, during uh, teacher training. Uh, Some moments which which was very important for me to study at that point.
0: Yeah, I loved that process. Especially the third chapter was particularly interesting, (laughs) where it starts getting magical.
1: Yes, of course, and to uh, and uh, in fact, uh, it was uh, very brief studying because you cannot uh, physically um learn uh, that much information within like three and a half months right. of teacher training. So I think it just a uh, um, lifetime long way, <laughs> yeah to find more and more and more deep layers in your studying
0: definitely and reading different varying translations for instance and different uh i i started with the well i mean the only one that i've read thoroughly all the way through was the translation by swami Sachidananda. Mm -hmm. i think it's still the first one that comes up if you search for yoga sutras on amazon Um, he's there with his pink uh Mm -hmm. robe he was one of the ones that was hanging out with the Beatles and whatnot But um, so he has kind of a very relaxed kind of hippie approach, you know, or, you know, something that it's not completely, you know, just hang around in a park with a joint, you know, not not (laughs) not that far, you know, to the hippie end. But but it's it's not as strict as some of the uh, translations where it says you must do this or else, you know, he's very it's like this. If you look at it this way, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Oh absolutely uh, I just love that that yeah that's perfect because it just so so many versions of, of um, sutras yeah. like sutras for jewish jewish sutras for lesbians and etc interesting
0: i haven't so seen
1: those oh yeah i i've seen
0: oh how cool <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I um when I was going through my training because I have some background in western esoterica and uh when they were talking about you know, the five veils, I wish I could remember, all, you know, I, had, I don't have all my notes in front of me. But, you know, things that were sounding familiar, I'm thinking, oh, like the hia, the, you know, Yakida, or they were talking about the Prana, and I'm thinking Ruach. Like, I'm, I am just kept translating back and forth between Sanskrit and Hebrew without stopping at English in between, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's like, there isn't really an English word for it, but this is a lot like the Hebrew word, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right, that's right.
0: It just seems to me that there's so much you know we we think of technology here in the West as being you know all the different tricky things you can do with plastic and electricity, but it seems like there's a, a very ancient and and much more useful technology in yoga that uh, is is useful for for everyone and every human being
1: oh yeah, that's absolutely the problem of um west um uh, that uh, America and Europe just uh, uh, became uh, very uh, successful in technology, uh, in um, making money.
0: Yeah, tricking people with trade and currency it's, exchange.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> yes. generally, I'm talking generally, of yes. course, we have poor uh, spiritual side. Yeah. Um, and other hands, India and... Um, Other countries which uh, saved uh, some unique knowledges, India, Egypt, and other places, Uh, they have unique, unique uh, things to teach, but they are so poor in um, uh, material world.
0: Yeah, the nuclear arms race, they didn't keep up, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just so sad. Yeah, how in this world we could to just combine these two sides? It would be perfect. Yeah, perfect
0: world. Yeah, it seems to reward bad behavior in a way. The world,
1: <laughs> sure.
0: I um, I had a when I was I was driving Uber when I was making the transition from sitting in a cubicle to being a full time yoga instructor, and um, so I I picked up a woman who was from India, and she had gone to college for, you know, IT for tech, and uh, was, you know, always dreaming of coding, you know, uh, sitting at a computer all day, and then she'd dream of coding at night. And, um, and she was on her way back to the airport, going back to India. And I was telling her that I was a yoga instructor, and that I also studied Kabbalah. And she started r- oh, yeah. raving about how great it was that, you know, people here had the luxury to do that, you know, that like to actually have the time and energy to say, I'm going to study this and, and this. And, uh, and she said she never, it was never a consideration. Like at her school, there isn't any class available that isn't, this is how to make money and get out of town. You know, it's just completely focused, at least in those particular schools she was referring to
1: yes absolutely i also notice one thing in life when you really have huge desire to study to learn um, even like universe uh, uh, just uh, uh, support you and yeah. somehow, somehow you get more such privilege as time you start to get more money for less time, for less work. Like, I, I'm not saying this transition happens in one day, but but definitely it's something what, uh, what I can see in my life for past few years. It definitely works.
0: Yeah. Yeah, keeping focused on it. Yeah, and, and even more, like there's the, of course, the, the law of attraction, but even more than that, keeping focused on it, you know, makes the 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 brain you know like even on levels where we're we're not conscious of we're working it out and we're you know solving problems and and focused on achieving our goal and that kind of thing
1: yes absolutely
0: so um when we met the other day you mentioned that you were vegan
1: oh yes i am
0: (laughs) does this have to do with ahimsa
1: um or, yes, or was it separate? And, uh, yes, and not just about mm-hmm. Ahimsa. Okay, let me explain, uh, let me tell some, uh, more uh, how how I came to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that um, three things are really important in our life. For our spiritual growth, for our um, evolution. This is first, this is how we... Um, second, this is how we move and third, this is how we eat so first, how we think it's our positive thoughts and I'm not gonna tell uh, uh, a lot about this because uh, it's uh, so many books and uh, information in our modern world so everybody knows But second is how we move. I really believe it uh, makes a huge influence uh, because we should uh, um, really care about our body, which is just perfect suit for our soul in this life. Uh, Because um, besides physical body, what we can see, we have subtle bodies, we have inner channels, which also should be uh, trained the same like we train our body we should care about our energy uh, health and about uh, our energy channels uh, which is uh, uh, get more um, more clean while we're practicing yoga and the third um, thing is how we eat and um, I really believe it makes huge, huge influence, uh, because uh, when we, when people eat meat, which is just bodies of dead um, animals, uh, people get all that emotions which poor animal um, had uh, yeah. during the death, and then people. People coming to, people going to psychologists, to psychic uh, offices, to other people and saying, oh, I don't know what's going on in my life. I I feel like so much sadness. I don't feel like uh, I can... Um, uh, uh, reach some of uh, my goals in my life. Uh, I feel so much fear. I have so much fears. I have... That's uh, exactly
0: ab- how the cow yeah. feels.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Because poor animal... Um, yeah. Oh, just feel uh, aggressive, angry. It's bunch of fears and stuff which uh, people just taking uh, inside. Inside with those meat and blood and stuff. Uh, it's very, it's very simple, but uh, it's sad. It's sad how we, um, like no one, uh, teach us. Uh, uh, that and to uh, i wish i wish i knew it before i wish uh, i knew it from childhood and to uh, on one side i'm so happy that uh, i realized all that how all that stuff works uh and definitely uh definitely it's uh already for all my life i i just feel bad that i ate so many animals before yeah, that point yeah. so yeah um Answer for, uh, for the question, it is Ahimsa, I don't want to hurt animals. But to be honest with you, when I um, realized the importance of um, um, being vegetarian, first, on that point, two years ago, I didn't think about poor animals on that point, uh, I was thinking from some selfish side, like uh, I want have uh, clean uh, energy uh, stream <laughs> in my yeah. body. I don't want uh, all that uh, uh, emotions from poor animals. And only after like one year of being vegetarian, I, I really um, felt very deep, deep the meaning of Ahimsa. Only after like one year, I really got that full feeling that I definitely, I don't want to hurt any animal.
0: Yeah. I actually had to, well, I didn't have to, but I was cleaning out my garage with my sister earlier and, a, you know, big old black widow with the red spot was there. And it was the oh. first first time I had hurt an animal in a long time. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess sometimes sometimes you got to make a judgment call. But, you know, I said a little prayer for it and um, felt kind of bad. But, yeah, a black widow is a black widow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Honestly, I just I I, I hate uh, um, spiders and uh, cockroaches. Wow. But I, but uh, yes, I love I'm cows, thinking, you know? but and, I'm still at not that point. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even you know, from a yoga point of view, uh, looking in, looking at Hindu, you know, culture, this the cow is sacred. It's totally the opposite of how the cow is treated here.
1: Yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad.
0: Yeah.
1: Fortunately, more and more people. Uh, becoming vegans, vegetarians, but still it very, very, very few uh, when we see it generally on all yeah. population.
0: It's hard because it's a matter of, you know, something as personal as eating to make the decision based on I- an idea rather than on what smells good you know because every every time i finish teaching a yoga class at you know crunch fitness i walk outside and the smell of beef is just blowing by you know and i'm like i i have to remind myself you know why i don't do it and uh kind of connect back and it's sometimes it's a good opportunity to remember you know that i have chosen the path of nonviolence. but like you said i ate way more than a human being's share of meat looking at the world you know looking at the average, looking at average wise, of all the 7 billion people in the world, how much meat does everyone eat? I ate way more than that already. So, you know, I can do the second half of my life uh, vegan, I figure.
1: <laughs> Which is wonderful.
0: Yeah. Try to clean up the karma, karmic track a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Some schools of yoga are very specifically vegan or very specifically vegetarian. The school I went through, Mukti Yoga, basically they talked, we talked about it, um, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't any imposition. Basically the, uh, the, I guess the requirement or the you know the strong advice that was given is to put a lot of thought into what you're eating. So mm-hmm. if you're going to eat chicken, see if you can make it free range chicken, see if you know and in those cases there won't be as much fear and horror in the in the blood of the chicken as there would have been if it had just been treated horribly in ways that we all know about that there's no need for me to go into graphic detail. But yeah, it's rough. Okay.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I also want to add that I know wonderful, amazing people, very spiritual, uh, who, eat, who eat meat.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and to... Um, I know so many weekends or... Who aren't all that
0: spiritual.
1: <laughs> at all, exactly. Very selfish people. Yeah, very self-righteous just, maybe. Yeah, who just cares about their bodies. Who just want to keep um, their others. body yeah, nice, beautiful, um, and live long life. And um, this is not uh, inspiring at all. Yeah. Um, so, um, but just in one uh, moment of my life, I realized that I cannot go, I cannot jump to next um, spiritual level, to next uh, like step of my practicing, of my studying without changing this moment. I was like, uh, you know, it was like uh, um, something what, I, I cannot go farther if uh, I don't uh, invite more like, uh, uh, more <laughs> subtle energy in my life. Yeah. Because it gives you a lot. It gives you a lot uh, when you change uh, your eating habits, for sure.
0: Yeah, I felt it for sure, too. For me, it's been since um, September 29th of last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost coming up on a full year of being vegan.
1: Great. Awesome.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I always recommend to people who are taking that jump to, you know, yeah. it's a little pricey, but it's good to get, you know, some of that plant-based omega-3s. Uh, you can get algae-based omega-3s at any of those vitamin stores or, or uh, plenty of other places. That's where the fish get their omega-3s. And so the uh, the last thing that I was you know before before i became vegan the last non-vegan thing that i was taking was fish oil and so, yeah. so that's the yeah. transition that I made. So you can keep the, the brain functioning at that nice optimum capacity that you're used to and transition into being vegan anyway. So that was my biggest complaint. The first time I tried, I felt like I can't think. I guess I need to eat meat to think. And, uh, yeah. you know, and then I just I did did my research and I, I started listening to a podcast called Smart Drug Smarts, where they talk about, uh, you know, different ways to optimize brain function not just you know pharmaceutical drugs in fact they they try to stay away from that but like natural ways artichoke extract oregano oil helps um you know so vitamin b6 is good whoa what was that
1: oh it's actually planes. Uh, i live very close to burbank oh actually one nice airport oh okay and you can hear that right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, that's it's okay. always like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for interrupting.
0: So if somebody wanted to hire you to be their private instructor, how would they contact you?
1: Uh, probably my Facebook is great way or my uh, email. Probably Facebook is fine, I guess. Okay.
0: So I'll post a, a link to your Facebook on the Sounds episode. Good. And let, let's see.
1: I've been studying it and uh, I believe uh, that uh, uh, there is a better way to make this transition really smooth. Mm -hmm. Um, There is uh, meaning that you are allowed uh, to just... uh, Okay, for example, if someone is 40 years old, This is fine to spend four years for smooth transition. Just first take out some like red meat uh, from your um, uh, food. Then uh, take out fish, I mean chicken, then fish. Then maybe like in one or two years uh, you can get rid of dairy, alcohol, uh, and other stuff, Uh, and this is probably very right thing, because on my um, experience, um, uh, it's a little bit hard when you do it... um, all just right in one moment yeah. yeah that's right that's right because your body start cleaning uh you might uh, uh, just have some very like uh, variety of different symptoms because your body start clean through the skin uh through the um just like uh, you can lose some hair it's, a lot of a lot of stuff, which might be very like yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, then yeah,
0: then people panic and and yeah, they never yeah. do it again. Yeah,
1: exactly. People yeah. saying, "Oh no!" When I used to eat meat for like thirty years of my life, I was energy. I was healthy. Uh, I was uh, f- f- full of energy. I had good memory and stuff. But they don't understand. That they the body the body is very smart. Um, our body just collect all the those harm, harmful things and trying to uh, trying just to, to not make it to really harmful harmful for our um, health. So our body trying to. Um, to take it out through skin. So so many people saying, why? I'm 30 years old. I have pimples like uh, when I was 14. Mm. Of course, of course you do. Because you drink uh, milk, uh, eating, uh, you know, all that uh, stuff. Uh, we, we just uh,
0: Yeah, the body didn't have a chance to get rid of it because you kept absolutely. filling it up with more.
1: Oh, absolutely it yeah. doesn't have that extra energy to get rid of it, and when you start eat fresh fruits, fresh vegetables uh body just get that extra 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 energy to get rid of it uh I'm actually a raw eater uh so <laughs> that's why I'm talking more about mm-hmm. fresh stuff
0: nice yeah i I cook my uh my vegan stuff but <laughs> <laughs> About which is half
1: the time. Yeah, which is so almost almost the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see an acupuncturist, so I've got a little bit of that uh, Chinese medicine influence. So she says definitely don't do the raw diet, and you know make sure you cook your food. Because I was having some issues in my low back. Oh. And so she was saying, oh, she was asking me what I ate and I was like, well, I wake up, I have a smoothie and she's like, okay, stop with the frozen things, you know. In yeah. fact, in fact, you should cook your food. You need warm food, you know. Like, okay, cool. So yeah. I I like to do the uh the Trader Joe's tofurkey with veggies and, you know, cook it in some olive oil and stuff like that. Play with
1: that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and for this point to uh, uh, I can say i'm a raw eater maybe for like 95 percent mm-hmm. because so uh, yeah I, I still have some uh, cooked uh, vegetables in my uh, um, just <laughs> in my everyday life and that's totally fine and nothing should be crazy i I believe uh, nothing should be like one 100 percent uh, absolutely perfect uh, right Uh, yeah, we always can uh, play things uh, around and see how stuff works, and this is the beauty of life
0: yeah yeah sometimes I'll hear someone say that they don't like people who just pick and choose from different traditions the things that they like and i I'm listening to that and I'm like well that's a darn shame that you feel that you need to lock yourself a hundred percent to whatever path it is you think you're on you know i uh, I personally agree with the people who like to pick and choose different things from different traditions that they like because <laughs> there's plenty not to like like for example there's certain lines in Leviticus I don't like uh, about Judaism or Christianity Christianity, you know, there's some lines in the Quran. maybe I not as well studied in it. uh, But I've heard that there might be a line or two that I wouldn't necessarily agree with 100%. But I like the Sufis. I like, you know, different, different aspects of that tradition. I haven't really yet found anything in the yogic tradition. I mean, you know, maybe there's some things I don't know about. I I guess there's certain things, you know, in in the greater Hindu tradition. World, certain um, cults where, they, where there's killing and thievery and things that I might not agree with. But I haven't heard about anything in yoga specifically that um, that I would want to throw out. I mean, I, except for maybe when people, uh, the uh, Aparigraha, not Aparigraha, uh, Brahmacharya. Mm hmm. Uh, the, the school again that I came from is, you know, basically a westernized school. It was founded by Julie Rader in Manhattan beach. Um, so there isn't, you know, the celibacy thing, but they interpret the, interpret it more widely being mm-hmm. wisdom with the sexual energy, wisdom with your life force, basically. So if you're married, don't screw around, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. just don't be stupid with your sexual energy, basically don't All abuse sports. it. Yeah. And, and that helps. It's good advice. And I mean, it, it helps It helps the, the person doing it, and it also helps the world. I've heard that the Yamas are basically for other people, and then the Niyamas are for yourself. That's right. Uh, one of the most useful Niyamas I've found is the Santosha,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where it's like, you know, a rule. Like, can you imagine if one of the Ten Commandments was be content? <laughs> you know? Thou shalt be content no matter what.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Very interesting. Very interesting, that's true.
0: But I don't know if it translates, you know, of course, these words don't necessarily have a one-to-one correspondence with the English words that they end up being translated Mm -hmm. into. So they require a little more explanation, like tapas, meaning burn or heat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The um a couple episodes ago, there was uh um, I I've forgotten her name at the moment, but uh, she teaches down at the at seventh chakra seventh chakra the uh, kundalini yoga, yeah. place and um, she was talking about how. When you stay in the pose and you're feeling that burn, that that's actually getting rid of karma, which is Mm -hmm. stored up in the body. And I was thinking, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, because like you were saying with the emotions, when Mm -hmm. we drive on the freeway and someone cuts us off and we go, that kind of floats in our body until we do some yoga and sweat it out, you know, or let it transform.
1: Absolutely and uh, it's much more uh, layers to just pick uh, um, with years, years of practice, in, in, because at some point you start to take out something with which you just uh, hold and hold so hard from like childhood, something what you maybe, what you don't even realize, and you don't, don't even remember sometimes uh, in some moment of practice, not necessarily yoga practice, maybe some esoteric um practice you just uh, um, remember something what happened to you when you was three years old, four years old, and you haven't remembered it for like thirty years of your life,
0: yeah,
1: it's just coming coming, coming, and you understand i I like uh, what shamans uh, t- uh, saying? They saying uh, they believe that during all life, each person just lose small pieces of the soul in some harmful moments of our lives, and. During our practicing, either yoga or other spiritual practicing, there is so many ways and all of them leads to the same point. Anyway, during your practice, sometimes you just pick those uh, uh, pieces of your soul, what you lose in some harmful moments of your life. And it makes huge sense.
0: Yeah, that does. That bit of your own soul that bit of your own life force that you had set aside to maintain that thing's existence can return to you. You close your eyes and you go through a process of letting everything go so that you can rise to the higher planes while remaining fully conscious without Mm -hmm. having the usual day-to-day things kind of draw you back into, you know, the regular, regular thinking process. I think it might be, I'd be interested in, um, if somebody had like those brain, what are they called? The uh, uh, electrocephalo, something, you know, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, things yeah, yeah, where yeah. they put on your brain to see what the brain waves are. I'd yeah. like to uh, practice some of those different breathing and different yogic techniques and even some of the Western stuff and see if there's actually, you know, diff- different.
1: Yeah, what's going on, on computer computers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's wonderful. That would be very, very useful. Because we, we have some thoughts, what's going on. But I don't know if someone just uh fix it just uh...
0: Yeah, and then in a way that maybe could be taught. Yeah. Like where, um, if, if two people both had, I know the technology exists. It's just right now. It's um, only accessible to people who can afford it. There's this thing called emotive um, mm-hmm. where this woman uh, from uh, Australia has invented – well, I, I guess developed this thing that goes on your brain that you can use to control like a remote control car by vi- visualizing where the car is going to go and things like that. Oh, so wow. they're already doing it. It, it, um, The way – I'll send you a link to that as well. Um, you, you train the thing by looking at the screen and there's a little block on the screen and you imagine the block moving away from you. And Mm. then it looks at your brain to see what patterns your brain is making while you're doing that. And then it stores that as your unique sort of, uh, you know, way of moving something forward. And then, uh, And then you apply it to different things like controlling a remote control car, that kind of thing. So it's still kind of a a clunky technology, but Mm -hmm. you can see where it's going. And it's a little scary, you know, when they talk about at a certain point the computers are going to be smarter than we are and they'll be able to know what we're thinking better than we do, you know that kind of yeah, thing that's going to be weird
1: happen <laughs> yeah. to Atlantis and then <laughs> yeah. they destroyed all planets
0: yeah yeah i could I, I could see where maybe like people might go back to you know start rejecting technology in the next few decades and maybe the amish societies will start to grow cuz mm-hmm. i've heard that there's certain kinds of cancers and things like that that you just don't find in amish societies
1: absolutely which is w- very, very disappointing uh, yeah. one 100 years ago people didn't know what is cancer i absolutely love uh, one author his name is arnold Ert. he is a very famous doctor mm-hmm. and um, he died um, in the beginning of the 20th century actually i believe um, he was killed because he was Um, writing and talking about something which is very not comfortable for our system. Uh, He was saying that cancer just appeared. It's very, very new thing. And this uh, this thing appeared with all this modern technology, with all this food, because uh, just 100, 200 years ago, people had no idea what is cancer. Like, there, it was no such thing at hmm. all. It's just dirty body.
0: Yeah. Basically. Mm. Well, hopefully, we can help encourage yoga and healthiness. And, you know, I mean, it seems like we we live in basically one of the great cities of the world. So, you know, we're breathing smog every day. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we've got to do yoga and eat healthy. Just to break even, <laughs> just to be normal.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> but it may, if we went to the woods, if we went to a mountaintop somewhere, then we'd probably it'd probably be that that'd be that next level of acceleration. Like you were talking about eating meat, you you weren't able to get to that next level. Maybe maybe the next level. You know, I'm I'm we're still young, so the city is still interesting. You know, but like once it's once it's a hassle to get around, then maybe going somewhere where the air is clean might be the next step
1: yeah absolutely absolutely agree absolutely and to some uh spiritual teachers which i respect a lot um saying often that this is normal to be uh in big city uh live this big city life um Teach people, share information, and this is normal transition to go and live somewhere in suburbs after like fifty years old, sixty years hmm. old, and make people come to you as to <laughs> that must- makes
0: sense. That ma- <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the internet changes everything.
1: Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> internet.
0: <laughs> wow. One one thing that contributed to my um, decision to kind of embrace yoga as a life path was uh, li- I was listening to a lot of Alan Watts a few years back and he, he was talking about Siddhartha Gautama practicing yoga
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it just kind of lit a light bulb in my mind where I was thinking, wait, what? And I, I started kind of looking at the different, you know, the timing of everything, how... The Yoga Sutras were written down right around the time of Siddhartha Gautama, like in a different part of India, but yoga was already a thing. So, yeah, I guess if you are going to meditate under the Bodhi tree in that time and place, then you would probably be practicing something very similar to what Patanjali was talking about with the Yoga Sutras. And I just, it just occurred to me how much of a relationship there was, because I always had a, a, a great affinity for the teachings of Buddha. And my, my dad was a, identified himself as Tibetan Buddhist, um, you know, tantric Tibetan Buddhist, and
1: how interesting.
0: Yeah. So, so when I saw it as, as an extension of my pat of my Buddhist path, you know, that kind of yeah. fit. It, it just came together really easily making it, you know, and then I, I had a, a friend who said that Hatha yoga, it makes the body an ideal vessel for meditation. And that kind of perked my ears up like really, because yeah, I love meditating. And one of my biggest problems about meditating is sometimes my low back hurts or some other issue that yoga is designed to, to address. Uh,
1: I love to meditate because I'm that type of person whose mind to uh, almost never stop. You know, when yeah. your, your day is finished, it's night, your body tired, but your mind keep running, keep working. So here's, hello, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, you know, like, it's like a lot of fire uh, in your, in your mind. Yeah.
0: It's such a relief too to let go of those things that we didn't realize that we were holding on to, you know, and 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 that's what happened. I think for me was when I uh, first started up. I I, t- I started taking up a really rigid practice just for myself before I ever considered teaching yoga, mm-hmm. and um, so I was meditating, I was practicing yoga and meditating during my lunch breaks at work. And I'd have that 10 minutes to just stare at the wall, just to Mm -hmm. to be in meditation. And I I really feel that it allowed me the space to kind of come around to some very big, life changing, you know, conclusions to, you know, things that I had previously for years, allowed to go by, basically, like, Oh, gee, I really hate being involved with this organization, this volunteer organization that I'm stuck with. Oh, gee, I really hate this nine to five job that I've got, you know, and just kind of bleakly wait, you know, looking forward to being 65 so I can retire and not considering that there might be other options. And uh, and so it was after, you know, meditating daily for about a year that I started to really make those changes. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's it's. A kind of healing people don't even know that they need
1: that's absolutely that's absolutely right because i i can i believe that we kind of uh we don't own our thoughts it's just to running through our head basically yeah. and this is the perfect just the perfect moment when you can sit in meditation and maybe in 20 maybe in 30 minutes you're just looking at your thoughts like you're looking at tv screen and uh, but but you're not involved you're just looking like you're looking at waves uh, uh like ocean waves yeah so yeah something like
0: that yeah <laughs> I like i i have found myself using the phrase neocortex override <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like uh in in context like you know when when we're doing a balancing pose and mm-hmm. I say that you're gonna wanna hold your breath to to maintain your balance, but we're gonna do a neocortex override <laughs> and and we're gonna keep breathing, you know so so sometimes it takes kind of waking up bringing coming into that conscious brain part. And uh, looking and saying, okay, that's no longer necessary. Like, you know, and then it takes takes that finesse. It takes a certain finessing to deal with. Like, for example, I mean, I'm loosely using the phrase unwanted thought syndrome because it's an actual Mm -hmm. thing. But Mm -hmm. like I think everybody can kind of relate to the phrase to one degree or another when you're having a thought process you wish you weren't having. And um, the more, if you try to not have it or you try to, you know, if you beat yourself up for having it, it makes it worse. It makes it, you know, that which you resist persists. And um, so it's a, it's a matter of saying, okay, that's okay. I don't need that. I don't need to put energy into it. It's not mine. I don't own it. But it's okay that that's running. And then it'll start gradually, like, go away.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you explain it really, really nice.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so, do you have um, an easier time? Do you teach in Russian sometimes, or do you always teach in English?
1: Um, actually, uh, I for now I have only Russian students. Maybe because um, I'm uh, I'm always in Russian community. Mm. I teach a lot of. Um, Lots of stuff besides yoga. Uh, I teach you uh, some classes, uh, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which is uh, s- some practice of uh, esotericism, mystical Kabbalah, uh, different uh, type of meditation. So I have so many Russian students. So yes, it's just like uh, in this moment I must. Uh, Mostly getting my uh, yoga students from uh, my surrounding.
0: My class. How interesting! So you teach Kabbalah in the Russian community in Hollywood? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. That's great. Uh,
1: yeah, let's say uh, let's say on some certain level because um, it's so um, it's so interesting. Like uh, you're getting new and new people every time to your exist classes, and um, all people. Oh have um, different uh, uh, levels of uh, knowledges. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm just uh, to share uh, some, some knowledges uh, which I believe is very helpful, because uh, in one time it made huge transition in my life when I find out about spiritual side.
0: Very interesting. Well, maybe sometime we can have you on the, the other podcast, The esoteric Nerd, and talk about some of that Kabbalah stuff.
1: I would love to.
0: That sounds good. Well, we'll do that next time then.
1: Sounds great, Edward.
0: Thank you again for uh, for joining us on the podcast.
1: And thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste.
0: Thank you, Daria O'Rion, for being our guest on the To Be A Yogi podcast today. Looking forward to interviewing you for the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. I mentioned during the interview that I didn't know much about the story of Orion. Ancient sources tell several different stories about Orion. There are two versions of his birth and several versions of his death. The most important recorded episodes are his birth somewhere in Boeotia, His visit to Chios, where he met Merope, and was blinded by her father, Oinopinion. The recovery of his sight at Lemnos, his hunting with Artemis on Crete, his death by the bow of Artemis, or the sting of the giant scorpion which became Scorpio, and his elevation to the heavens. Most ancient sources omit some of these episodes, and several tell only. These various incidents may originally have been independent on related stories, and it is impossible to tell whether omissions are simple brevity or represent a real disagreement. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you also to Braka. you heard them briefly. B-A-K-H-A B-R-A-K-H-A Special thanks to Brian Dahl whose music you are hearing right now That's B-R-Y-I-N D-A-L-L Thank you all for tuning in To the north and to the south To the east and to the west To the spirits of light among us And to the spirits below We send out our reverent Love and compassion May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in
1: peace. Oh.